in doing all of that back there because every once in a while I can uh, go back there and I can click on a slide and I'll try my best to keep up with what was happening and then you have to you have to look this way and you have to look that way and I'm always mindful because where I stand blocks the hand signals that are going on and you don't know where anybody's going and it's like oh yes but it's uh isn't it awesome when we all can find what we need to do in the body and what we're good at and what God blessed us with and our ability and our talents and, and all of that. And uh, none of that has anything to do with the lesson today, especially if you looked at your book, you'd know that. The necessity of the Spirit. We are starting a series for the month of December. It, um, we're talking about the work of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is so, so important in our lives. And as I was thinking about this lesson for the last two weeks and trying to fit in some extra study on it, but just mulling things through on, in my mind constantly, I, I was, you know, fitting that in with all of the other busyness that goes on in my life and, and you know, that. But um, our, our text today is in John 3, 5. We all know this. We have, um, we've read it. We've talked about it. We've contemplated and discussed what it, what, what, what it means. But John 3, 5 is Jesus answered, speaking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee who came to him by night. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, some translations say truly, truly, but it's, it's really the point is that you need to pay attention. This, this is something really important, and you need to pay attention to it. And Jesus said, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. I want to be a part of that kingdom. I want to be a part of his kingdom right now. And I want to be a part of his kingdom on the other side. Because it exists in both places. His kingdom. But we can't be a part unless we're born again. And there's a huge discussion that goes on between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now, reading it in scripture, it doesn't sound like it was a big discussion. But I, I just bet you it was a really big discussion. <laughs> Because it's hard to understand this. But before I get any further into the lesson, let's pray and ask God to open our minds and our hearts that we would hear and receive the word today. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to look at your word. Help us, Lord, to know and understand the importance of this, your spirit in our life, the necessity of you being a part of our lives. And I give you glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And, and so in my mullings, marinating, whatever kind of word you want to use about this lesson. It, it, muse, muse. Okay. My, my dad says marinate <laughs> or, or ruminating. <laughs> 
chewing it over again and again and again. Yeah, we don't want to get into the biology of that. <laughs> and, and where that biology comes from and, oh, yeah, oof, no, don't want to do that. But, but thinking about the importance of the spirit and what it means to our life. And I would tell you today that it is everything to your life. And Thursday, I had the privilege of um, doing a Bible study with Sue. And I'm having a great time. And I hope she's having a great time with the Bible study. But it came to me that John 3, 5 is just a reiteration of how important the spirit is in life. And you see, you can go back, and I know we're not downstairs, and I know we're not little people, but can we visualize just for a moment what happened in the beginning? Because in creation... And I know this is green and it has sparkles, but it was the closest I could come up with. But in the beginning, and I talked to Sue about this, that when the Lord was creating, he spoke all of these things into existence. And the great debate of how long is a day and how long was this happening. But we were talking about how important it was that God put each thing in place so that the next thing was supported and could exist. And then you read in chapter 2 where man was specifically created and I was talking about the fact that you can I can picture in my mind now the scripture does not say this and it's all in my head and maybe it's in your head too but I can picture in my head God kneeling in the dirt and working with the dirt until he had formed a man in his image. But until something specifically happened, it was nothing more than dirt. It was just dirt that had been formed into the shape of a man. And in Genesis, what does it say? That God breathed, breathed into the nostrils of that creation that he actually took the time to make with his hands. It was more than just speaking. It was more than just saying, let there be. God got involved, hands-on involved in Adam's life. And he made the form of a man 
but it what Adam was not a living soul not in relationship with God until the breath or the spirit or the wind until Adam received that breath. He was nothing more than a handful of dirt. Just natural. In that state that he was found there and formed. But God wants, God wanted Adam his highest creation to be like him because he formed Adam in whose image? His own image. In his image and not just a physical image. You can, you can get into this theological discussion that, that, it was, that God was looking through time at what he would be in his physical body when he was born. I mean, that's where that naturally goes if you're really going to get into discussion with it. It goes into, he, for, well, what image was, well, God at that point was a spirit. You couldn't see him. But he formed a man in his own image and what image was that? Well, it was the image of Jesus Christ that was going to be born. And God looked through time and said, well, this is how he needs to look. This is the shape he needs to be. But more importantly, he needs to have me in him. That breath, that spirit in him. And we went on in the lesson talking about that man that was created with the choice, made a choice, and broke the connection. Now, no, he didn't die immediately. But the inside, something on the inside died. And the same breath, that same connection didn't exist anymore. And marching through the word, God was working back toward being able to create that connection again, to really give the breath that we need to live. Now, everybody, just go and breathe out. We have breath, and we all know what happens when we don't. We need to breathe. And all of the physiological things that go in our, in, on inside of our bodies, when we just, when we just breathe, all of the things that happen within us.
But can you look at, let's, let's look at this scripture a little bit further. Three and we started, we did three and five. Let's go back up to chapter or verse three and just look at this. And Jesus answered and said unto him, again, this is Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Three and three says, except unto, the verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? And this discussion that's going on, how can I be born now? I've, I, was, I was already born. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't born. I, I wouldn't, anyway, you know what I'm saying. I, I just wouldn't be here, but what does it mean to be born again? What do we need to be born again? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? No, that's not possible. And Jesus, verily, verily, said unto thee, except a man be born again, or born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, our key verse. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. When we are born naturally, we're just dirt. We're just natural. That's a natural process. And think about this. That baby that is born is nothing more than this until you hear something. Everybody in that room is waiting to hear the effect of breath because that baby needs to and then let it out. And for some odd reason, they don't know how to let it out, just exhaling. <laughs> they learn that later. Maybe. Hopefully. No, they're, they're going to cry. They're going to say something they have never said before. That's something new to them. They've never done that. And in this discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus, it's talking about that process that we have all gone through naturally. And maybe we have experienced waiting for that sound. And all oh, the activity, if it doesn't happen right away. Oh, the concern that's going on in the room if it's just dirt. Because there's no breath. Thank the Lord, we all had breath. God allowed us, Jesus allowed us in our natural being 
to have that breath so that we can so we can have a purpose with him were we created just to exist on this earth no god put us here for a specific purpose a hands on in our lives purpose We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God wanted us to have life. But unless we can move into what we're talking about here in John chapter 3, do we really have life? No, we just have this natural existence. Because God wants us to be reinstated to what Adam had. In the innocence of the garden, when that clay, that dirt, that dust was formed into Adam and breath was breathed into him and he came to life, in that state, he was eternal. Because sin hadn't hadn't happened. And yes, we will be eternal now. We are eternal now too, but we have a choice. We have to choose which eternity we want. Which life forever and ever do we want? And God wants us to be in communion with him. So... That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We're born naturally, and God wants us to be born spiritually, born again. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Don't don't worry about it. It's not that hard. Do, do we have to be involved? Yes, we have to be involved, but it's not that hard. God didn't make this hard. Didn't, God didn't make receiving his spirit hard. Now, before I had the Holy Ghost, I think I would have argued with you. Yeah. It didn't happen, instantaneous, happen instantaneously for me. I was somewhat envious of those that came up out of the waters of baptism speaking in tongues. Wow. Pastor, I've heard a little bit of your story too, and and you you struggled with that. And it, it wasn't easy. And you know what wasn't easy about finishing the process of birth? Because birth is a process. And... Being born again is a process. It starts with us dying to this physical flesh in repentance. And then we need to have his blood applied and, and his, 
the, the forgiveness of our sins and the remitting of our sins like that chalkboard in heaven and God just kind of wipes an eraser across it and it's all gone. He doesn't remember it anymore. All of that happens when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But our birth isn't finished until we breathe in, until he breathes into us. Just like Adam was breathed into, that breath of life was given to Adam that gave him life to walk around in the garden and then proceed with his life. We have to breathe in and allow God to breathe in. And, and, and I found, that, and I think that the Lord has helped me to understand that part, maybe all of my struggle for months was that I needed to be in charge of it. But I couldn't. I had to let go of everything. Preconceived notions and, and the, the natural, I mean, when we learn how to speak, we know how our tongue is supposed to move and we know how our jaw is supposed to move and how the pressure of breath is moving in our, and we can speak and we're used to speaking. But who's in charge? We are, but God wants to be. And his breath in our lives changes everything. It's not a bed of roses. not the Garden of Eden yet. But that breath, his breath in our lives in new birth, his spirit in our lives in new birth gives us the ability to lean on him in everything that we do. So until we breathe in the spirit that he's giving us and speak out something we have never learned before, never came out of our mouth before, when that is done, we have the ability to really be alive until that happens. Are we breathing in and out? Yes, we're breathing in and out. I'm not trying to be cloy here, but, but we are walking dead men. We are walking around on this earth as dead men because we're not born again. We don't have that ability to connect with him like he wants us to. It doesn't mean that he doesn't reach out and touch our lives because he's leading us and guiding us. Have you thought about the path that God led you through to get 
to get you to this point in your life? What kind of things did God put in place so that you could be here in the relationship that you have with him? I know I need to start writing mine down. But he keeps bringing things up and saying in, in my heart, in my mind, I was, I was with you right then. Long before I had ever been in church. But I, I influenced right there. And then I influenced here. And I did this there. And I wasn't even aware that a loving God was bringing me to a place that I could hear his word and know and understand the importance of being born again. Verse 8, And the wind bloweth where it listeth. God, Spirit, comes and goes and blows through this earth. What is he doing? Maybe he is seeking for someone else to be an influence on their life. Maybe he's helping us with what's going on in our lives right now. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. God is moving all around us, and he wants to be moving and living in us. He wants us to have his Spirit and it, again, it's not just God around us. God influencing things in our lives to bring us to a place that we would know. No, that's not what he really wants. He really wants to dwell within us. The scripture says that we are his tabernacle. We've read about the tabernacle in the Old Testament, how God very specifically told Moses how it needed to be built. And that these people do this, and these people do that. Now think about that. He outlined everything they did. Of those that took care of the tabernacle. I want to do what he wants me to do in the tabernacle. In this building, in this body that he has put us together. Sideline, squirrel moment, sorry. But that tabernacle where God wanted to dwell, or said he would dwell, ultimately, he really wanted, even back then, he really wanted to dwell in them. He wanted them, the Israelites, to be the tabernacle, not that visual thing that he had them build and they had a system of worship. 
he wanted to dwell within them. The necessity of the Spirit. In Acts 19, the Holy Ghost's importance was pointed out. Verse 1, Acts 19 and verse 1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast into Ephesus and finding certain disciples, they were in relationship with God, with everything that they knew. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? I get the sense that they were struggling. They, didn't, they, they just didn't quite know what else to do. And they were stuck. Have you ever been in that place? Yeah. You're just moving on through life. Just, just clay moving on through life. And you're stuck. And you don't know what to do. And it happens to us even after we have the Holy Ghost if we don't keep the Holy Ghost active in our lives. We get stuck. We don't know what to do. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? Well, whoever these disciples were must not have ever heard about that conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. I can't imagine that it had been kept secret. Now, maybe the guy that Jesus had been talking to was kept secret. But anyway, these are John's disciples, and they were walking in what they knew. They were loving God as much as they could and understood how. And Paul says, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? Hmm. We don't, we've never heard about that. Didn't know there was anything like the Holy Ghost. Like God living in my life, leading and guiding every step of my path. Nothing like that. I don't know what that is. I was baptized by John. And I learned that it was important to repent. Very, very important lesson. You don't make it even probably through a day without that. Because we have to have repentance. But what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. We're doing what John told us to do. We did what John said. And, they, and then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him 
that should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That could be where we're stuck. How were you baptized? Was the name of Jesus Christ applied or just the baptism of repentance? Now, Sister Donna, I know that the Bible says that people receive the Holy Ghost before they are baptized. Yeah, I know. I, I know people that that has happened to. God knows our hearts and the hunger of our hearts. But that baptism is so important. And if you're stuck and you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that might be where you're stuck. It could be, like I told you before, that you're stuck being in control. I have to absolutely control what my mouth is saying. Well, I hope we do. <laughs> but when God wants to speak, he has to be in charge. We can't receive the Holy Ghost while we're in charge. We have to let go and let, let it happen. The necessity of the Spirit. We have to have the Spirit. In verse 6, and when... Paul had laid his hands on them after they were baptized. This is how simple it was. After the roadblock was taken away. After what they were stuck on was taken away. He laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues. And prophesied. What does that mean? That means that what was coming out of their mouths was God's words. It was the heart, that internal heart in them, communing with God and speaking out what God wanted them to say, not what their brains would have said. God wants to be in charge in our lives. And we have to know that his spirit is so, so important. I don't want to necessarily finish this lesson early. But in my mind of 
thinking about this lesson. And I hope that I have been able to help you understand how important the Holy Ghost is. We are not alive in him without it. We could be repented for the moment. We could be baptized and our sins washed away and we keep them washed away by continually repenting. But just like that baby is not alive until you hear something, we are not alive until we speak in another language because God is filling us with the Holy Ghost. And I was, I was thinking about this lesson, and this happened, I think, yesterday. I believe it did. And this song, which I, I am not the person you want to sing, and I don't remember, I just remember little bits of phrases, and the ones I really remember are the ones from way back. <laughs> but, but this is a new one, and I've heard it. And it, it was just, it just radiated in my mind about this lesson. And um, the song, Great Are You, Lord?, and I have it in my phone by Casting Crowns. But talking about God's spirit in our lives, it says you give life. That's life. It's our life. You are love. He loves us. We know and we can feel his love by his spirit moving in our lives. You bring light to the darkness. God brings light to our darkness. We are still natural flesh. We're still clay. And the only reason we get more than being clay is his spirit moving in our lives. And he brings light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore. Every heart that is broken. Is your heart broken? Have you ever had a broken heart? Over and over and over again. We have broken hearts and if we're not careful we can even get past the infilling of the Holy Ghost and live for God for years and still have brokenness within him or within us why how can that happen well, we're still in charge of all of the places that God gets to go. God, I, I, don't, I don't really want you to go in that room. Not in that memory. Not in that experience. God, please just stay right here. Just, just in these places. 
and he'll do that. We say, what? Well, this is a process. This walk with God is a process. And living for God is a process. Just like growing up is a process. I can't tell you how many times lately I've heard, excuse me, young people, but I hate adulting. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I hate adulting sometimes too. Because we're all in this process and we're growing. But we, if we're not careful, can retain brokenness within us. But God wants to fix the brokenness. Great are you, Lord. Isn't he great? Because it's your breath. Your breath, your spirit. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Stop right there. We're going to praise something. We will, our entire lives, we have, and we will choose to worship something. But what are we worshiping? What has become important to us in this moment? So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. God wants us to pour out praise. Praise to him. Not praise to whatever happens to be important in our lives at the moment. Pour out praise. What does Psalm 150 say? Let everything, everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Now we have natural breath. Each and one, every one of us, we've, we've been practicing that all Sunday school. The whole lesson, we've been practicing our natural breath. But have we practiced his breath? Well, we're getting ready in just a few minutes to really practice his breath in our lungs. It's God speaking into our lungs. And I look forward to a time of worship with you. God bless you in Jesus' name.